Our first uh, scripture reading is from uh, John's Gospel, uh, John chapter 6, verses 25 through 40. It's also going to be uh, the second passage from John chapter 6. I've sort of split it up, so uh, I invite you to follow along on the screen as I read from John's Gospel. It says, when they found him, meaning Jesus, on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of my favorite indoor sports is rummaging through the refrigerator. <laughs> For some reason, I just love to stand there with that door open, mulling over what I might want to snack on, even though there's not much to snack on right now for me in the season of Lent. And maybe you can identify with this or with that old Nabisco ad which showed a man peering into the refrigerator late at night and a voice comes over and says, what are you hungry for when you don't know what you're hungry for? Have you ever thought about that? What am I hungry for when I don't know what it is that I'm hungry for. The theme song of the baby boomer generation was from the Rolling Stones as Mick Jagger sang, I can't get no satisfaction till I tried and I tried and I tried. And then a few years after that, Bono sang, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Millions of people are searching for satisfaction and many don't know what it is that they're searching for. So we raid the refrigerator of life, wondering if maybe there's something we've overlooked in there. Is there a surprise under the tinfoil? Is there a forgotten food hidden in some Tupperware container? Or is there a hidden treat there in the back of the freezer? You know, one of the many blessings of living here in Lancaster County, did I say that right? Lancaster, 
Did I say it right? Okay. One of the blessings of living here is that we are strategically located within the state so that we have a number of vacation options. But you know, after you've been to the beach, and after you've been to the mountains, and after you've been to all the amusement parks, and you've done it all, and you've seen it all, what is there if you are still hungry? Are we overlooking something in the refrigerator of life? And the answer is yes, when we overlook the very one who is life itself. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am continuing my sermon series on the I am statements of Jesus. Today, we're looking at John's gospel, the sixth chapter. I started that passage. We're going to continue it now as we pick it up in John chapter 6, verses 41 through 58. I invite you to follow along as uh, I read, and you can find those words on the screen. John 6, 41 to 58. It says, then the Jews began to complain about him, meaning Jesus, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the father who sent me. And I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. And friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as we begin, isn't it interesting that Jesus described his mission in terms of food? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He, he took the initiative to feed hungry crowds. He ate with tax collectors and, and strangers and the outcasts of society. He turned water into wine at a wedding. He spoke of extravagant banquets in all of his parables. But Jesus also knows better than anyone else that life is more than just eating. So this I am statement of Jesus comes within the context of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the five loaves and two fish, which is earlier in John chapter 6. 
And I believe it is here to bring home the point to you and me that food is not just for the body, but another kind of food that Jesus is bringing to the world. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. As one scholar points out, the use of the present tense, looking for, implies that the crowd is still seeking. And the implication here is that as long as their motives are centered solely on filling their bellies, then they're really never going to get to know who Jesus is. You see, the people had witnessed a miracle in Jesus feeding the 5,000. They were hooked. And they wanted more and more, more bread, more signs, more miracles, more of the Jesus that they thought they knew, but he offers them something else. He says, I am the bread of life, the bread which came down from heaven. And the people think, oh, okay, we understand. You're, you're talking about the manna that God gave to the people of Israel when they were wandering around the wilderness. Ah, now we understand. Now we get it. Or do they? Because after the Jews were freed from slavery in Egypt and they were wandering around, they, they began to lose heart. They became very discouraged. They were trudging through the Sinai Desert, and they were hungry, literally. And God provided manna, this unique substance that Peter, people found uh, scattered on the ground every morning when they awoke. Now, it wasn't a five-course meal by any stretch of the imagination, but it was enough to fill them and satisfy their hunger. In fact, it says in Psalm 78, they ate and were well filled. He gave them what they craved. There's this wonderful uh, Jewish tale about the manna that God gave the people of Israel in the wilderness. And the story is that the, the manna took on the flavor of whatever the person eating at the time wanted it most to be. So if you were hungry for chicken, oh, it would be the most succulent roast chicken you had ever tasted. Or if you were thinking about prime rib, oh, it would be the, the juiciest prime rib you had ever tasted. If you're hungry for dessert, it could be homemade chocolate chip cookies, it could be hot apple pie, or it could be Ben and Jerry's ice cream. How about that? Well, what Jesus offers to us is not just a temporary satisfaction, not just manna for a day, not just food that we will eat and then die, but bread that came down for heaven, food that endures forever. And friends, I'm here to tell you that is Jesus Christ himself. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. So this is not like the bread that we have to work hard for in order to put food on the table to feed our families. It's not the bread that we kind of bake in our, in our kitchen. We're not required to, to have to prove ourselves worthy of this bread through this endless cycle that goes round and round of achieving and acquiring and earning, of achieving and acquiring and earning. It's not bread that we have to search high and low for as we flounder around in the wilderness. This bread is the bread of life, always fresh, always available, and always extended to you and me so that we might be filled. The religious pollster George Barna interviewed people, and he discovered that they were basically looking for four things in life, four things. 
He says, first, they're looking for love. Reminds me of the man who was having this very romantic dinner with a woman. And at one point during the dinner, she said to him, I love you and I can't live without you. And the man sort of skeptically looked back and said, oh, come on, that, that's the wine talking. And she said, no, that's me talking to the wine. <laughs> People today are looking for real love, for someone to take care of them, find a place where they feel like they really belong. The second thing that George Barner discovered in interviewing people is that people want to make a difference in life. Now, young people want to be noticed. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Older people want to make a contribution that will have a lasting impact on the world around us. And then third, he says, we're looking for security. Why? Because this world's a scary place, and, and we want a safe place where we can kind of gather and, and at least be able to let our guard down. Did you know that one of the fastest growing residential communities in our country today are gated communities. Why? Because it's a scary world. People have bad habits. They have bad intentions. And so we want that safe place. We want that security. And then fourth, he says, all of us are looking for comfort. We want a nest egg that we can fall back on. And then we want to have the time to be able to truly enjoy it. Uh, recently, I had some experts do an in-depth analysis of my financial future. And along with some other things, they said, well, John, just so you know, as we kind of look into the future, you're not going to be buying a boat every year, which is fine. But they said, you're, you're also not going to be living in a cardboard box underneath the bridge. So that brought me a lot of comfort, I have to tell you. George Barnes says all of us are looking for four things, love, acceptance, security, and comfort. Isn't it funny that churches sometimes try to be Costco, say, oh, come to us, we have all that stuff here. All the things that you could ever want and hope for are here. Jesus says, I want to give you something even better. He says, I want to give you me. So even if you don't have human love or acceptance or security or comfort, Jesus says, you can still have me. Look at the Apostle Paul for just a moment. The Apostle Paul was incredibly insecure. He had no power. He had no comfort. Three times he prayed that God would make him comfortable. He prayed over and over for God to take away that thorn in his flesh. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said, you know, God, you're right. I am the richest man on the face of the earth because I have the surpassing joy of knowing Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And friends, that is what Jesus offers to you and me this morning. So if you're someone here or watching out there and you feel like your life is on empty, on fumes, or if your life is running on full, but you seem to go around and around and around and around in circles, or if you're someone who has a hunger and thirst that never quite seems to get satisfied. Or if you feel you are lost and consumed in a society that promises so much and delivers so little. Jesus says, you've been shopping at the wrong store. You've been buying the wrong food. You've been seeking the wrong drink. 
Jesus says, come to me. I will satisfy your hunger and I will quench your thirst. In his book, Outlive Your Life, author Max Lucado shares a story about the time his wife asked him to stop at the grocery store to pick up some bread. And she asked him now, do I need to tell you where to find it in the store? And Max Lucado arrogantly replied, are you kidding me? I was born with a bread aisle tracking system. <laughs> to which his wife said, just try to stay focused, Max. And knowing that his wife was counting on him, Max Lucado got in the car, drove to the store, parked his car, got out of the car, walked in through the doors of that grocery store. And he picks up the story here. En route to the bread aisle, I spotted my favorite cereal. So I picked up a box, which made me wonder if we needed milk. I found a gallon in the dairy section. The cold milk stirred images of one of God's great gifts to humanity, Oreo cookies. I grabbed a pack of cookies, which happened to occupy the same half of the store as barbecue potato chips. What a wonderful world this is, I thought. Cookies and potato chips under the same roof. On the way to the checkout counter, I spotted some ice cream. Within a few minutes, I'd filled the basket with every essential item for a happy and fulfilled life. When he got home, his wife looked at the purchases, then at him, at the purchases, and then back at Max. Can you guess her one question? Where's the bread? And so he had to go back to the grocery store. He forgot the one thing that he went to get. He forgot the one essential product he was supposed to buy. He forgot the bread. Friends, never forget the bread. And never forget that Jesus is the bread. He nourishes us with himself. And any of our attempts to try to find spiritual nourishment apart from him are going to fail. You see, our greatest need isn't really for bread. Our greatest need has been, is, and always will be for Jesus Christ. He is the one who will be able to satisfy our every need. And so as I kind of close here, I'll ask you, what kind of bread have you been looking for? And has what you found still left you with a hunger and an emptiness inside? If that's the case, look instead to the bread of life who will not only feed our bodies, but will feed our souls, who will fill us up and make us whole. Because Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.